SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Paul George, this guy stinks in the postseason. It is just amazing. He's not exactly great in the regular season either, but big time games, regular season or postseason games, he just doesn't show up. It's as simple as that. It's opposite picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate on this Friday, June 11th. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours. Taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, perhaps a little YouTube chat right here on an Opposite Picks Friday. Well, Jazz set sail on the Clippers. Golden Knights take care of the Avs. What happened to the Nets? One shy of a six-pack of winners. Bo knows and knew, and uh, we all now know. Yanks and Phillies off the mark on this Friday and uh, poking holes at college football's playoff format. We get to all those stories, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets again right here. On a Friday, June 11th. What's up, LLs, loyal listeners? How are you on this uh, Friday morning? Hopefully uh, get set for a big uh, weekend in which uh, you just sit back, relax, drink a couple of Drew Brewskis, have a couple of cigars, and uh, no arguing with the wife or girlfriend, and no aggravation in your life. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. And nothing but winners as well. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, we got nothing but winners for you. That is for sure. NBA last night, 2-0. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Uh, NHL, we got Vegas advancing into the semifinals as they beat Colorado 6-3, to winning that series four games to two. But, of course, the NHL being the NHL is going to do something stupid. And the Yankees are doing something that, I got to tell you, it's not necessarily the Yankees. It's Major League Baseball. Something is happening to the Yankees today that I don't think has happened in 100 years, literally. Yeah, maybe last year with the Corona crazy schedule, but uh, with all the you know the travel and this and that and playing in a bubble and going there. But otherwise, I think something has happened to this club for the first time in about a hundred years. We'll get to that story as well. Same thing with the Philadelphia Phillies. See if you can figure it out. And we got college football to delve into with the uh, league playoff uh, conference champion. You know, twelve team college football playoff proposal. Which listen, I'm all for these proposals. I am. But sometimes you scratch your head and just say, how did they come up with this proposal? I mean, why do they make this stuff more difficult than it has to be? It it doesn't have to be this difficult. And to me, they they put two major, major flaws. I I don't think it's going to get passed. I really hope I'm wrong. I don't say that very often because, of course, I never am. Uh, But in this case, 
I got a feeling this is not going to get passed. And, and all this hoopla that we're getting over the last day now is, is going to be all for naught. Or they go back to the drawing table, and it's going to take another two years. I can't believe it took them two years to come up with this proposal. I mean, really, uh, you and I could have come up with this proposal in about five minutes, right? We were all saying, you know, either an 8 or 12 game. You want to go to 12. All the reasons they've given. We've been saying for the last five years, you know, make it a 12-game proposal. You get the top four team buys, and you get all the other conferences involved. It's nice and easy, right? They did not didn't take two uh, four years for them to, to figure this out. Literally two years they they uh, were meeting uh, to figure this out. But just getting underway, hour number one of our uh, Friday little extravaganza here. Scott Wetzel sitting again, as we always are, taking you right up uh, am until 7 a.m. Eastern time. We'll put a poll question up there. We got our six-club parlay. We are one win away from cashing out as we won yesterday with the L.A. Dodgers on one of our two. So we got one with five wins, another with four. So we could cash out. Uh, Is there a play for today? Well, we will determine that uh, sometime during the next two hours. So hopefully the answer is yes. We'll start in the NBA last night. Uh, Late last night, it was Utah winning uh, over the uh, L.A. Clippers, 117-111. to Game goes over. And uh, more importantly, the Clippers uh, lose and the Jazz win and cover, taking a 2-0 series lead. Not that I'm necessarily rooting for Utah or the Clippers, but Actually, I am. I am rooting for Utah. I shouldn't say that. I'm rooting against all teams that sat their players throughout the season in hopes that uh, they were going to be prepared for the postseason or they just didn't care about the regular season or whatever excuse they wanted to come up with, whether it's the Brooklyn Nets. And listen, the Falls, a lot of teams did this, but the L.A. Clippers were one of the main culprits. Resting, uh, you know, Kawhi and George, I don't know how many games, you know, 15, 20 games apiece. You know what? If they got their ass kicked in the second round here, I would be all for it. Just, just to show that, you know, sitting these guys in a regular season has meant really absolutely nothing. And, and even if they go on to win this series and even win the NBA championship at this point, you, you'll never convince me not playing a game in December or January or February or missing back-to-back games has any effect on how they're performing right now in the postseason. And quite frankly, if it did, then this Clipper team would have lost in the first round because they fell behind two zip to Dallas. They fell behind by 19 in game three, oh, by the way. They were lucky to win that game. And now here they are there. They become the 11th team to trail two zip in back-to-back series. No, None of the other 10, by the way, have won this round. And I don't think the Clippers are going to break that streak, so... We'll get into it just getting underway. Hour number one on this Friday. Opposite picks coming up in hour number two, as always. Opposite picks, Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM 204. You've got a lot going on. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Defensive sequence for the Jazz and Bogdanovich. 
Ingles kicks it out. O'Neal for three. It's wet. Critical stops and clutch shooting thus far in the last couple. Ingles got it. With a little over a minute to go. George with in and out dribble. Puts it up. Whistle counted. PG on time. Used the clock and still finding quality shots by being aggressive enough. They get the switch. He hunts Kennard on the switch. Mitchell. And on the verge of going up two games to nothing. That'll do it. Utah wins it 117 to 111. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yeah, ESPN there with the call as uh, the Utah Jazz do beat the Clippers last night. The end game goes over 228 points, 117 to 111. So the Clips uh, fall 0-2 again. They become the 11th team to trail back-to-back series, two games to none. And none of the previous 10, as I mentioned there, had rallied to win this second series. First series, obviously. Otherwise, they couldn't have gotten to the second series. So uh, Donovan Mitchell, 37 points last night after putting in 40-plus in game number one, 37 last night. Boy, you just need a superstar to win the NBA these days. There's no two ways about it. So Utah uh, rallied. They took a a 19-point lead. Clippers actually rallied. They led 101-99 with about four and a half minutes or so left to go with the fourth. And then the, the Jazz were able to uh, recoup the lead and then eventually pull away and, uh, and win it by six. So two zip. You're looking at a Utah series. Maybe a sweep. How about that? Utah against the Phoenix Suns. How many people would have had that? Uh, you know, Western Conference Final at the beginning of the year. Uh, probably not too many. I, I would guess FanDuel. You know, they do post West. Well, they post NBA Finals matchups. I don't think they post Western Conference Finals matchups. But had they had posted a Western Conference Final matchup of all the major teams, Utah and Phoenix probably would have netted you at the beginning of the year two hundred to one. And Phoenix was about 35 to 1 to win it. Utah was probably about 20 to 1 to win it. When you combine the two for the Western Conference, but yeah, I, I bet it would have been about a 175 to 200 to 1, believe it or not. And that's what we're staring at right now as both those teams have 2 nothing series leads. Who's got a better chance of rallying? Personally, I think Denver. I, I I still believe Denver is the better of the two teams against Phoenix. It's, it's, I think Chris Paul is going to turn into Chris Paul, as he always does. Something's going to happen. He's going to get injured. Uh, I, I think Denver being at home is going to do wonders for them. I don't think necessarily L.A. being at home is going to do wonders for the Clippers. But given the choice, I think Denver, you know, throw the Milwaukee Bucks into the equation. And maybe that will be our poll question. I was going to do it something in college football with the playoff format, but maybe we'll just do it with the NBA. But who's got the better chance now? Milwaukee, which is down two games to one, so you would think they would be the one. Denver or the Clippers? To tell you the truth, I'd still take Denver. I, I don't I don't think Milwaukee's got a shot despite them winning last night 86-83, which we'll get to in a second. And I don't think the Clippers, I think the Clippers are done. I, I see that being a five-game series. They might get one game at home, <clears throat> but I do think Clippers are, are, are cooked. And uh I would say Denver down 0-2 would be the one. Um that if, if you know what? And obviously the other one, Philadelphia, Atlanta tied one one. That that's a toss-up. So Milwaukee did beat Brooklyn last night, 86-83. They don't cover, depending on when and where you did your shopping. 
Um, you know, it was three. It went to th- it opened up at three and a half, went down to three, and then yesterday afternoon it was back up to three and a half. So, you know, hopefully you got at three and a half if you took the nets, as I suggested you do. The lowest point total, 86 points by the Bucks, ties for the lowest anyway, of any winning team in the NBA this year. 86. The 83 points, net season worst. I mean, neither one of these two teams could hit the broad side of the barn. Box led 30 to 11 after one. You know, they're up 19. Greek Freak and Middleton had all 30 of their first half, uh, first quarter points. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Two guys scoring all that many points. You know, if it's 11, okay, I get it. But I don't know that they each had 15 points. I don't know if I could uh, ever recall. Uh, a combo like that getting all of the points. Amazing. So, but the uh, the Nets battled back. It was a, it was a one-possession game at halftime as, as they outscored the Bucs. And re- I tell you, the turning point of this game, or at least the point where I, that I circle, is the Bucs were brutal in the second quarter. Just awful. After playing so great in the first quarter. And the Nets had a real opportunity. Now, they got themselves back into it. They outscored the Bucs 31-15, but they had, and I know you can't score in every possession, but, I mean, the Bucs were just clanking shots after shot after shot. I think they had, like, two points literally in, like, the first seven minutes of the quarter. I mean, they couldn't hit anything. And the Nets, while they got themselves back in the game, they could have easily have been leading by seven to eight points at halftime. And instead, they were down a couple. Now, maybe in the end that wouldn't have made a difference, but as I'm watching Milwaukee miss shot after shot, and then I'm watching the Nets miss shot after shot, I'm not thinking the Bucs are doing something that they shouldn't be doing. I'm saying, yeah, the Bucs stink. I'm saying, boy, the Nets are just missing. Durant's missing. Kyrie's missing. Uh, Bruce Brown is missing. It's just like, wow, you're you're missing a golden opportunity here to, to really pull away. And in the end, uh, KD shot 11 of 28 from the field. Did get his 30 points, but not good. Kyrie, 9 of 22. Finished with 22 points. 2 of 8 from three-point land. Uh, Brown was 8 of 17. I'm surprised he shot that well, to tell you the truth, because down the stretch, he was uh, awful. He missed all these clutch shots, and that's another thing. You know, you got Kevin Durant who I know was struggling, but actually hit his last couple of shots, and it's KD. I'll I'll live with KD missing. You know, I don't care if he goes 3 of 50. You know what? It's still Kevin Durant. I'll live with Kyrie missing shots. But it was Bruce Brown that was taking the last two possessions. Well, the the last one was KD at the very, very end. There were two seconds left. But the two preceding possessions before that were the Nets with a chance to take the lead and everything, and it's Bruce Brown. Ugh. You got to do You know, again, there's only a handful of times a head coach has an opportunity to be a head coach in the NBA. And for uh, Steve Nash, that was it. You know, call a timeout, design a play that the average five-year-old, you know, can't come up with now. But instead, no timeout. They just spread the court. Same old play that we've seen a thousand times. Kyrie with the basketball. He comes off a screen. And they don't even set up anything for KD, who had the last two net shots. There's KD just standing in a corner all by himself, not even involved in a play. I, how is that possible? How is it possible? Explain to me, Lucy, life on the line, a chance to go up three games to none, 
really take a stranglehold, obviously, in this series. You have Kevin Durant on your team. It's a one-point game, and you design a play. Not for KD, not for Kyrie, but for Bruce Brown. That wasn't even a busted play like, okay, you know what, we got to just give it to whoever. It was a designed play for Bruce Brown. I, I How is that possible? How is that just possible? When you have two of the best players in the NBA, you're down a point and you're not designing a play for either one of those two. Instead, it's a pull-up little jumper, little pick-and-roll thing. I, I don't get it. I, 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 just, I just don't get it, you know. And then when the Nets did call a timeout, they damn near threw the ball away. Um, and again, there's another situation, you know. I don't know if these coaches understand. If your team is in disarray, you can call a timeout. 11 seconds left, uh, you know, they, Blake Griffin inbounds the basketball, but it's a scramble. It was a bad pass. And they did get possession, but they, you could tell they were in trouble. And instead of calling a timeout again, they let the play go. And they screw up. That's loose. Awful. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Down two games to one. Not that they went anywhere. Uh, I always love those expressions. All right, they're back in. Where, where did they go beforehand? All right, they're down two zips. So it's now it's 2-1 as the Bucks win. ESPN there, Mike Breen with the call. As uh, you heard the play-by-play there, the final seconds. Yes, yeah, so the, that that Bruce Brown shot was just a, the scramble. The possession before that was the actual design play. So here's the deal. KD makes that three-pointer with a minute 23 left. To go up three eighty three eighty, and I'm thinking, all right, ball game. This is the, the, the you know what the Nets are going to win. Middleton comes down. He had the game of his life. I got to give him credit for a guy that uh, you know we've all ripped because he never is really the secondary guy that that he needs to be for the Bucks to win big in the postseason. He came up big last night. He did. He hit the big time shots down the stretch. So he hits a layup to cut the lead to one with a minute seventeen left. All right, Nets though with the ball, Joe Harris. Who had an awful game as well. Uh, missed a 19-footer. Bucks ball. So they have a chance now to take the lead. They miss a shot. 
Nets ball. Bruce Brown, 32 seconds left. All right, this is the one. They call a play for Brown, who misses another jumper, little 15-footer in the lane, no good. Bucks get the rebound. Holiday comes all the way down, drives in for a layup. Uh, that's the whole call you heard there. We're not calling a timeout. And now all of a sudden the Bucks have an 84-83 lead with 11 seconds left. Nets timeout. They throw the ball away. And I, I don't I, – I, I tell you, I get frustrated watching NBA playoff games because the players don't play any defense and it's nothing but threes and it's isolation basketball and the head coaches are idiots. You know, Steve Nash last night using his challenge in the second quarter. It's like, what are you doing, brother? What, what are you do- – in the second quarter – you're going to waste the one challenge. We've talked about this before. The one challenge you have in a game, and you're going to use it in the second quarter. Unless that's like the fourth foul or even the third foul, maybe on Kevin Durant or Kyrie, which it was not. Uh, it, it didn't involve either one of those two players. That That is just dumb. That, 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 I'm sorry. There is no reason in the world. And there was a play late in this game in which the officials screwed up, and it would have been Nets' ball, but instead they ruled the ball was off a net player, so the Bucks got the ball with under a minute left. Now, they missed that shot, but had they made that shot, people would have been saying, like, oh, why didn't you challenge? Oh, that's right, because you used the challenge in the second quarter. You know, I don't like, you know, being hindsight 2020. I, you know, whether it worked out or not, it's a dumb play. Man, you got to hold on. You, you know it's going to be a close game. We, we talked about it. It's just ad nauseum. It's, it's just stupid. It's just dumb. I mean, I, the NBA game, there are so many ebbs and flows in an NBA game to use the one challenge you have. Even if you get it right, you don't get another one. To use the one in the second quarter, again, outside of a call against KD or Kyrie that's going to put them kind of like in, in a perilous position with uh, with fouls, it's it's just dumb. And last night, like I said, with about 50, 40 seconds left, there was a ball that went out of bounds, um, and they ruled it against the Nets, and it clearly went off the Greek freak. It was really not Greek. It would have been Nets' ball. Now, the Bucks did miss it, like I said, their shot. So the Nets weren't hurt by it. But So anyway, another frustrating thing is you're allowed to call a timeout, head coaches, at any point in the game, as long as you have the basketball, as long as you have possession. I don't know if they're if they understand that. I don't know if they're watching the game. I don't know if they're eating popcorn and, and uh, making faces in, in, in the stand. I don't know what they're doing, but the Nets with 11 seconds left inbound the basketball. Right? I told, it goes awry off Kyrie's hand. They're able to get possession, but it, it's way in the corner. It's in no man's land. Uh, the, the Brown is double teamed, but he ends up getting out of it. But at that point, if I'm Steve Nash, I'm calling a timeout. I got a timeout left. I'm like, you know what? This is not going as I had planned. I just called the timeout. I designed this specific play. We damn near threw the ball away, and now we're in a, in, a, in a Chinese fire drill here. I'm calling a timeout to get to regroup with nine, ten seconds left, and he doesn't. And instead, Bruce Brown gets the ball. Bruce Brown gets the shot. Not Kyrie. Not KD. Not Blake Griffin. Hell, I just as soon have Joe Harris than Bruce Brown. Last two main possessions. 
Bruce Brown takes the shot for the Nets. You're not going to win that way. You just, you know, you know, when you get to these this point in the postseason, when you're playing good teams, and the some of these games are decided, rare night where we had both games decided by single digits, they are decided by coaching. This is when you see that Steve Nash is clueless on the sidelines. And that, that's what, you know, good coaching determines who wins these games. It's as simple as that. So they miss a shot. Middleton makes two free throws. And uh, the, the Nets have one last gasp as uh, Katie you know, clanks it off the back of the rim. No good. And the Bucks walk away with an 86-83 win. And in a game that was, i tell you, you know, it was old school. It was. But it was tough to watch, boy. You know, I don't mind defense. Um, I don't mind low-scoring games, but 86-83. Nets shot 36%. Bucks shot 38%. Bucks shot 19% from three. Six of 31. 19%. Nets shot only 25. I'm not sure who's kicking themselves more. <clears throat> you know, obviously uh, the, the Nets are because they lost the game. But, you know, if you're the Nets... You're saying, man, we had a golden opportunity, golden opportunity, you know, to to win this, really the series, go up three, zip, series over. So, you know, those guys are obviously the most disappointing. But, you know, you can walk out of that saying, all right, you know what? Could the Bucks shoot 38% again from the field to game four? Yeah, probably. The way they're shooting in this series? Absolutely. You know, it's uh, it, it's the Nets that are saying, all right, we're okay. Um, I know Wetzel had us in a sweep. Thank you very much. Rip up that ticket. But we're we're okay because we're, we're not going to shoot thirty six percent again. That that that's not going to happen. Katie's not going to go. Uh, what do I say? Eleven to twenty eight again. That that that's just not going to happen. But again, you know the the crazy thing about it is if you watched it in the last couple of possessions when scoring like picked up over the last two minutes, literally two and a half minutes, three minutes. KD hit a couple of nice shots. You know, he, he seemed to be in a bit of a groove, and you don't call a play for him. Ah, it's just frustrating. Just frustrating. NHL, um, a weird little thing in the NHL as well, by the way, we'll get to here in a sec. But uh, Las Vegas does beat Colorado 6-3. to three. They win that series four games to two. Wow. Avalanche had a 2 nothing series lead. Their first four-game losing streak all year. Remember, they won game one 7-1. to one. Turning point in this series, the you know, Colorado fans will circle. They're up 2-0, game five, series tied at two, at home, third period. Nine times, you know, I'd like to know how many times the Avalanche blew a two-goal lead in the third period. I bet not that often this year. I bet, you know, you, you could certainly count on one hand. Maybe never. And they lost that. They gave up two quick goals. They go to overtime and they lose. And they got blown out in uh, games uh, five. Um, or they get blown out basically. Like, well, not really blown out. It's a little misleading final. Uh, it was a two-goal game. And they got an empty net and make it six to three. Uh, and it was two, two, two. And it was three, three. And Las Vegas scored the final three goals. So Las Vegas versus Montreal. Islanders versus Tampa Bay. You know, Las Vegas is pretty good, but I don't think the average fan has followed this team like they did a couple of years ago when it was their first year. Montreal, you know, so that may that, that may sit well up in Canada, folks, but uh, in the United States, nobody, nobody but nobody is going out of their way to watch Montreal or the New York Islanders. 
You'll get some people because it's Tampa Bay and they won the, the cup last year. You'll get some people because it's Las Vegas, although, again, <clears throat> you know, that Cinderella story is gone. They fired the head coach and everything else. He's no longer there. But they'll bring some people. The uh, You know, the excitement in Las Vegas will carry over. So, but otherwise, you got to be a real, I'd say, NBA and NHL playoffs this year. You have to be fans of these sports. You, you have to want to gamble on anything but anything to watch this stuff. You know, with Phoenix and Utah, I'll watch it. Las Vegas, Montreal, I'll watch it. I wish we had better shots on goals. Oh, by the way, our shots on goal, we left you with a 4-0 day yesterday. How about that? I mentioned that last night might be the last night that we have any shots on goal because the teams remaining either don't have those superstar players, Islanders on offense, Islanders and Montreal. Tampa Bay does, but they, they it's amazing how they don't have one or two guys that, you know, um, shoot that much. It, it, it's spread out. It, it's, you know, average. they all average around two, two and a half, and you're not getting any great numbers with FanDuel. So last night was like one of the, you know, last opportunities we might have. And I told you to go under, all four under hit. Cha-ching, cha-ching. We're going to finish up. We'll probably do some, but we're 30 games over 500 shots on goal. How about that? We'll take a look at that and our uh, six club parlay next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Against the wall. Got by Petrangelo. Score! And deflection, and the Golden Knights go back on top. I think Colasar gets it. After the zone by the Golden Knights. Here's Tuck with a drive. Missed the net, and then Petrangelo scores! Puck sent back out to McNabb, and then it falls for a drive by Theodore. They score! Listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yeah, good old Las Vegas. <clears throat> the Golden Knights now the odds on favorite with FanDuel to win it all, the plus 125 odds. Uh, Tampa Bay is plus 140, Islanders 6 to 1, and Montreal at 12 to 1. I tell you, twelve to one. You know, there's this phrase again, value. You know, that good value on the Canadian. With that, you know, with with Carey Price in that, uh, I wouldn't put anything past that team. I really wouldn't. And you have to think there's a major, major, major letdown, right, for Las Vegas. I mean, it, you know, they, it's a bit, it's going to be a couple of days. You know, the NHL is off tonight. All right, so uh, maybe the Outers needed a couple of days. That that's fair enough. All right, then they don't play Saturday either. 
We have no hockey. We're not in the Stanley Cup finals. We're only in the in the conference finals. And we have, if you want to call them conference finals, semifinals, we have no hockey and no uh, Friday and no hockey on Saturday. And my bad. I, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, I follow sport, but uh, I guess not religiously. Have they decided? I'm sure they must have. What they're doing, where is, they, where is Montreal playing their home games? Is it Montreal? Is, has Canada opened up the gates? I don't know. Uh, you know, I should probably know that. Um, I know that was the sticking point. They weren't sure uh, if they were going to allow the, the teams to go back and forth between the two countries. And I, I thought the answer was no. But not knowing who was advancing, I didn't hear any secondary cities, though. Like, I know the thought was that they were going to just go in Buffalo, and I know that was not going to be the case. I did read where they were going to try and find a city close to the opposing team, in this case, Las Vegas versus Colorado, and find a spot there, whether it's Arizona, whether it's L.A., and let those be the sites or that be the site for the Montreal home games and not go back and forth to Montreal because you can't because of the COVID situation. So I don't don't know if they ever came to a resolution with that, um, to tell you the truth. But lines aren't out for that series just yet, but I'm guessing if Vegas is plus 125 to win it all, Montreal is plus 12 to win it all, then I would think that Vegas would be a solid three maybe four to one favorite in this series. And I would never lay that. I, I've seen too many crazy things happen. Tampa Bay is a minus two and a half over the Islanders. So if Tampa Bay is two and a half over. I think the Islanders get more respect than Montreal. So, and Vegas and Tampa Bay are on, on a similar plane. So you, you got to, it's at least three, it's going to be at least three to one at, at, at least what you get the Islanders plus two to one against Tampa Bay. How about that? Um, and, you know, it's funny, they, they offer these things. It really does drop uh, the line quite a bit. It's called a series double on FanDuel, in which you can bet two things for the price of one. Tampa Bay, win game one, and then win the series. Now, Tampa Bay to win the series, as I mentioned, is minus 250. But if you want to include Tampa Bay winning game one, it's down to minus 120. Basically, pick them. You basically get the lightning and pick them to win the series. Now, again, they got to win game one, but if they're going to win the series, not that they couldn't lose game one and still win the series, but it's at home. You know, chances are if they win the series, they win game one. I wonder what the percentages are of teams that win the first game and go on to win the series. I bet it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I really do. Um, you could have Tampa Bay win the series or uh, win game one and the Islanders win the series. Now you're getting plus 550. That's a halfway decent deal. You could have the Islanders winning the first game and then have Tampa Bay winning series and getting plus 410. Wow, that's a big jump up, huh? That, that would be kind of weird. You have Tampa Bay in the series, but you're rooting for the Islanders to win the first game. Uh, that would be strange. But that win Tampa first game, win series minus 120 uh, is not too bad. Our shots on goal yesterday, yeah, we kicked butt. Uh, we did it. Going away presents. We were going to go with the unders. Remember, we reversed course on this Colorado-Las Vegas series about, uh, this is was game six, about three games in. It started with game four. And we really, we probably should have done it from the get-go, but I'm stubborn. So we said these two teams are great defensively. Colorado gives up the fewest shots. Las Vegas is like four or fifth fewest shots allowed in the NHL. So instead of going with the overs as we were doing in the preceding series and other series, we went with under starting in game number four. 
So March saw last night for the Vegas, his over-under was only three. It's I tell you, it's tough playing unders in these things. It really, you know, when you could only allow two shots on goal in order to win your bet, that's tough. It really is. But uh, March saw was a three. He only had two. Winner. McKinnon's number was four. That was our best bet. He only had two. Winner. Rantanen, his number was three. Um, I didn't write his number down, except I know it was a winner. And Theodore, his number was two and a half. Two and a half. He got one. That was a winner. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Four and oh, we went. Ranted and had um, two. Yeah, so all those guys had two except uh, Theodore who had one. So they were all winners. Four and oh. And that brings our uh, playoff record to 77 up, 37 down. Excuse me, 77 and 47, my bad. Uh, 77 up and 47 down. 30 games with 10 pushes. 30 games over 500. And if we weren't so stubborn, if we just would have done what we really thought we should have done, playing the unders early on, we'd have about 10 more winners on there. So, But it is what it is. Can't complain with uh, 30 games over 500. 70, boy, this is like picking, uh, picking pickles in a barrel. Wow, this was so easy. So easy. But, again, Islanders don't have a main guy. Montreal doesn't have a main guy offensively. So, you know, it's not that you can't play them. But with these lines, as we've been telling you, you know, FanDuel, God bless their souls, have been giving us, like, easy winners. You know, these guys are averaging three, four shots a game, and they're posting these numbers at two, two and a half. I mean, you got to lay some odds, but who cares? You know, winner is a winner. So, but if you have a guy that only averages two, two and a half shots, and that's what the numbers are, then it's a 50 50 bet. And I don't want to do a 50 50 bet with these shots on goal. I want to do a 75% bet. So the Islanders, that's what I mean with the Islanders and, and Montreal, they don't have a guy that averages three shots a game. So you're not getting that good value, if you will. Tampa Bay, same thing. Now they got some superstar players and Stamkos and Hedman, but they don't average three, three and a half shots per game. So the FanDuel numbers that they're going to post for those guys are going to be where they should be. Vegas, little different story. Um, we'll see, but they're playing Montreal. And Montreal does give up some shots. So we might be able to play Vegas's numbers. As good as uh, Carey Price is, he does face a lot of shots. He faces about 30 shots a game. So... But they're playing good hockey, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't be this far. But we might be able to play a couple of Vegas guys. We might go back to the over on Vegas, though. See, now, this is why we got to stay one step ahead of the posse. The FanDuel lowered the numbers for this Colorado series. It took them a little while. It it took them like three, four games to, to lower them. They did. Hopefully, they'll keep these numbers this low. Like McKinnon is a four. He was four and a half. Uh, Theodore, two and a half. He was three, three and a half earlier this postseason. Rantanen, a three. He was three and a half this postseason. Hopefully they keep these numbers at two and a half, three, and then we'll hop back on the over. So we'll see when, uh, when FanDuel does it. But four and oh yesterday, cha-ching, cha-ching. And we won with our Dodger play. As we looked at our six club parlay, we're five and oh. Last week, we gave you over Seattle-Dallas, WNBA, winner. Gave you Brooklyn game two of the series against the Bucks, winner. Gave you Utah game one, money line, cha-ching, cha-ching, winner. 
uh, gave you the Islanders against the Bruins at plus 120, winner. And we gave you the Dodgers two nights ago, minus 225 against Pittsburgh. Well, that was last night, actually, yesterday. Uh, winner. In fact, that was an afternoon game. So 5-0, and oh, we have one play left. Where are we going to go to cash out? The other one we didn't have a play on, so we're 4-0 and oh on that one. Well, first, before we do anything, I hate to put a whammy on us, but I'm going to do it anyway. Let's go to our parlay calculator and see how much we're in a position to win. $100 is our original bet. Over Seattle-Dallas, that's a minus 110 play. Minus 110. Um, Brooklyn minus one, uh, one and a half points. That was a uh, minus 110 play. We have uh, Utah minus 178. Got to punch it in minus 178. We have the Islanders plus 120. That'll help uh, balance the scale a little bit. The uh, Dodgers yesterday were minus 225. Minus 225. Right now, now we got to add one more team, but just so we know, right now we're looking at 1708 bucks. Now, let's just say we add on uh, the Dodgers, who I'm considering on adding on. They are in FanDuel. Let's go to baseball. They're, they're a monster favorite today, like minus 250, 260. Hopefully not 270. Dodgers, ugh, 360. Holy fudge. That was like 270 last night. 360. All right, let's put it in. Just uh, in our calculator to figure it out. All right. We're, if we put the Dodgers in a minus 360, we're winning $2,211. Now, do you want to get greedy? We can put the Dodgers in minus a run and a half. Let me see what FanDuel has for that. Minus 160. Boy, we'd be we'd save 200 bucks on that, huh? Let's see, see how much that would pay off. 160. We'd go from 2200 to ooh, 2800. Wow, that's a big difference. That's $600. You want to get greedy? You know what we'll do? We're not going to get greedy. We'll put in the Dodgers minus the 360 on the five-teamer that we have to close it out to win $2,211. We'll put the Dodgers minus one and a half runs on the other one that we have 4-0. Minus one and a half runs, minus 160, I said, right? Yeah. So to complete our... 16 parlay. We're putting LA 360. Holy crap. Now, I would never in a million years ever do this. But, um, you know, if I was just playing it straight. But we're going to put that in. Now, the question is, and we're going to put the minus one and a half in the other one. Now, the question is, do we hedge? We're looking at winning $2,200. Do we just roll the dice or do we hedge? I'll let you know when we come back. Opposite Picks, Sports Grid Radio, Series XM 204.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, here's the, uh, here's the lowdown. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Jameson tweets in, Canada is allowing Montreal to play home games without a quarantine, but no mingling with the public, can't leave the hotel, uh, daily COVID tests. And we got a couple of guys on our YouTube chat as well say the same thing. Although parts of the country is still shut down, apparently, and then other parts are not. So they're allowing, uh, I know it was 2,500 fans in Montreal. Uh, Steve, and I'm going back and forth with Steve for the first round. It sounds like it's going to be the same thing, 2,500 fans again for, it's amazing. They're, they're allowing people to come in and out of the country, yet then they're only getting allowed 2,500 fans. You know, which one is it? Uh, are you guys back up and running or are you not back up and running? So uh, 2,500 fans. You imagine they get to the Stanley Cup finals. Wow. Um, you know, how much money, if you're going to limit it, first of all, even if you allow 15000 how much money could they charge on the open market? we got to get with our buddy Rafi Tickets, who's a uh, ticket scalper, um, does it for a living. How much could you charge for Montreal Stanley Cup final tickets, knowing you only have 2500 which really means you probably only have about 2000 Could you name your price on those? Wow. All right, so here we go. Um, and we'll get to our poll question hour number two here, but I do appreciate you guys uh, helping me out here with uh, not knowing for sure one way or the other. We're going to hedge. I know they say hedges is for uh, for farmers and for, uh, you know, uh, babies, and but you know what it's also for? Smart people. So we're going to put parlay numbers 37. We're putting the Dodgers in minus 360. If it wins, we win 2,211. We're taking 200 of that potential winning, and we're going to put it on the Rangers at plus 290. If we win that, we win 580. Minus the $100 loss we would have on the parlay, we'd still net 480 bucks. That's not bad. If the Dodgers win, all right, we win. Instead of winning 2,200, we win 2,011. So that's the smart way to go. And you try doing that with your local Louis de Lip, and uh, you, you, know, you won't be uh, walking very much uh, any longer. But with computers, FanDuel, go ahead. So why not? So go ahead and hedge. That's our play. Hour number two coming up next. 